welcome back. It's like yeah, 2000, 2018. Yes, 2018. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, welcome back to Three Liter Thursdays. On a Monday. Although we're cheating, yeah. We're cheating on a Monday just so we can squeeze in um, our very special guest today, uh, Mark Schubitz, um, former owner, co-owner of Tableview Cafe in Brunswick Heads. Yeah, it sounds um, weird saying that now. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention former, a, a former. Yeah, yeah. What's official? It's official now. Yeah. It's all done. Free agent. Um, yeah, so he's off to Copenhagen tomorrow. Yeah, so Copenhagen tomorrow, and then yeah, off to New York after that. Yeah, so we just squeezed him in in time. Yeah, he, just in time. He just bails on us. <laughs> <laughs> Never to make us a coffee. Sorry, game. guys. No, you will. You will. Think, It'll happen. I think we've got Maddie over there bagging up your order as we speak. Everything's fresh out of the roaster, and uh, awesome. we're we're scrambling to uh, to get everything done yeah. for, in time for I, this I, week. I love how you ordered your coffee online. Was so yeah. Cool. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> I would, got a message. We, we, from... we would have shouted you. Oh, thank you. I'd I'd like to pay it as a customer. You know. It's, thank you. It's nice to be a customer. I think that's awesome. <laughs> that that's yeah. how it goes, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos. But um, I got a message from Callum and Klaus at the Coffee Collective, and they're like, we'd love to taste some of that coffee. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm going to take some over. Awesome. Pass it awesome. on to those guys. We'd love to yeah. give you some more if you, can, if you can fit in the bag. So take as much as you can fit. Yeah, I can probably squeeze a bit. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And I suppose, ev- hello everyone, right? It's 2018. We're here. Yeah. How was everyone's holidays? I had a great time. I had an epic time. I, uh, I hung out with my boys a lot, ran a lot. It was great. I think we've all they run make a lot. you run. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. Like, you feel like you come back and you're like, ah, oh, it's so good to do two weeks of nothing. But you still, when you've got kids, you're just, you're always doing <laughs> two weeks, something. Two weeks of nothing doesn't <laughs> exist, right? But it's no two weeks thing. of something but else. It still feels like good. Yeah. How, yeah. how are you feeling your time, Mark? Oh, well, I've been helping out in the cafe quite a bit. So. I was out, but I was also there. It's been crazy in bronze, so... Yeah, it's just been popping in, doing some shifts behind the machine, helping the boys out. Yeah. It's been... Manic. A brutal summer. Yeah. yeah in a good way. In a really good way. Yeah, you guys did... Uh, you ordered more kilos than you did last summer and... Uh, Ran out. Yeah. Yeah, we've run out, so... Yeah, it's, I think Brian said he's down to his last two buckets. Yeah, so... so it's pretty that's great. That's awesome. pretty cool. Yeah. Right? It's really cool. Uh, it's been, um, yeah, each year has just been busier and busier. I think in general for everyone, but um, especially in Brunswick Heads, we've felt it with uh, Falls Festival. So, yeah, I think this year they just, all the kids were dropping in. It was so hot, so they'd go to the beach. and Yeah, yeah. it was really noticeable. The, uh, like, just the bus stop there, all the, the Falls Festival crew yeah. in and out of town all the time. Yeah, it's crazy. Because yeah. they just have buses coming in, like, every 20 minutes and just... Filling them up, yeah, dropping filling them, them up. off. Yep. Cool. And then just venturing around runs and drinking coffee and going to the beach. It's good. Yeah, Bruns yeah. has changed a lot since you since you bought the cafe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what? 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 Like, does this summer compared to the first? What was? Um, was your first summer still busy? I think. I think the difference was our first summer was all brand new to us. So we'd been in for like I think three months, and so we're still kind of getting used to the whole running the cafe and knowing how much stuff to order Mm. and then you know not just being a barista but also making sure that you have enough staff for it and yeah i think that was the difficulty of that year it wasn't how busy we were it was just dealing with the mechanics behind it yeah you felt busy but yeah Yeah, it felt busy but it felt it felt good i think when it's busy it's that's when you really feel your your business operating yeah well yeah so, you get the flow. Yeah. And so was when you guys first opened, was that the first time for both of you, yourself and Alan, to, to run your own venture? Yeah. 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 So, so I'd worked previously, uh, well, I learned everything at Harry's Espresso Bar in Bondi Beach mm-hmm. um, from Chris Carvelis over there. So, Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. <laughs> um, yeah. And then from there, I went over to the Coffee Collective in Copenhagen, which was... An amazing experience. How did you get in there? Oh, that was that was pure determination. I was just like, I'd done a few trips through Europe, and I'd always sort of really enjoyed being in Copenhagen. 
And I heard about the Coffee Collective one day and checked it out, loved it. And then so I thought oh, I'd come back to Australia, learn a bit more about coffee. And then when I felt like I had the skills, that's when I sent through an email just saying, this is who I am, this is what I'd like to do. Um, yeah, so I just sent that through and touched base with everyone, organized to have an interview. Like the first day I arrived in Copenhagen, and then, uh, yeah, the next day I was on, on the shift. <laughs> thrown in the Z fan. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. How did you find service over there in comparison to Australia? Uh, it, was, it was quite different because I think, yeah, in Australia, a lot of it was, yeah, especially working in Bondi Beach, it was like lots of takeaway and um, just lots of people coming, especially first thing in the morning. Um, well, over there, I felt like it was more of like a steady flow through the whole day. Mm. I've, I've heard that, you know, not like in Australia, you, the, the culture is get up, go get coffee at a cafe. Yeah. And when Tom came back from Norway, he did a trip over there. He said a lot of people don't go to the cafe until mid-morning because they all drink coffee at home first anyway. Yeah. Is that sort of what you found? So, yeah, that's what I found there. Like the, the morning would be really cruisy and then around like nine, ten o'clock, that's when it would start getting busy yeah but then like just through the whole day people just drink coffee all day yeah that's awesome that's yeah. great in Australia yeah. they moved to beer at 12 exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then the, 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 the coffee trade at lunchtime is, is atrocious in yeah. Australia yeah. I mean it's good at 3 o'clock but mm. by then you want to close yeah you know, um, um, I think and, and was, was it sorry sorry Joe was yeah. it um, was it predominantly um, milk coffees or or black coffees uh, each bar was a little different, but um, mainly milk, yeah. but a lot of filter as well. Yeah. Like Lots of home brewing over there, obviously. Right? Yeah. So you would be lo- lots of retail. Lots of retail sales. Um, yeah. yeah, and then, I mean, it was really cool because you'd have, like, the coffee section and then you have the filter section. So you'd have um, baristas working filter and baristas working behind the machine. And, uh, yeah, through the day, like, you'd get little changes so like a barista would be on the till then you move on to shots then you move on to milk yeah. then you'd be on filter so it was really cool we kind of got a bit of bit of everything through the day yeah it's, so that's filter was the right way of doing it filter was hand brewing yeah so well when I was working there so I worked at a few different shops I worked at their main their really busy busy one in Tall Helena mm-hmm. um, and that one yeah that was yeah that was really busy um, but lots of coffee lots of filter um, but that was all hand-brewed Kalita. Oh, okay. So wow! But now they now they've changed. I think they're using Fetco brewers and batchy. doing batchy. Um, and I think they still offer mm-hmm. offer hand-brewed coffee as well. And then yeah, the other cafe. How, how long time. were you working there? For? That was only about four or five months. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember the I remember the, the the voyage. I remember the journey. Yeah. Because you know you worked with us for three months. Yeah. Um, Yes, I was at Bailey was that for, 2011 for a bit. 2011 or 2012, summer of 11, 12? Yeah, 11-12. Yeah, yeah. I think the same thing happened. You walked into the cafe and, um, you know, I think the thermostat relay on the linear classic had blown, so, so there, was no, there, was no, there was no heat to the, to the brew boiler. Yeah. And we had like a, a mistral across the road in the roastery, which was in Marble Street, which was the first roastery, right? The first row from Bailey. And... Um, it's like, uh, anyone know how to make coffee? <laughs> and you put your hand up. Is that how we yeah. met? Is that how we, or do we know, hand, know one other beforehand? I think, well, we knew each other beforehand, but like just talking about coffee, not really. Yeah, yeah you, know, you were a customer, right? I was just a customer. And That's I right. think Mark was yeah. on the machine. Mark Shaw. Yeah. And uh, you're like... Well, and you just happened to be in the cafe at the time. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. time. <laughs> like, and he goes like, can you jump on? And That's so jump, good. And jump on and help out, so... That's how that all happened. So, so, yeah. so during it was like it was a pretty stressful morning because you know this was our first year and <clears throat> or, or, I think we had just started making money mm-hmm. right, at this time in the cafe and um, you know every morning was just so valuable to us and uh, we were just you know take you know the, the groceries across the road so we were literally running coffees from across the road to the to the tables and someone was running <laughs> run, so run, run, running, running the handwritten orders across the road to, yeah. to mark who was making so you need walkie talkies <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great idea yeah. uh, walkie talkies but um but um, um yeah that, i think that's where we first met and, yeah. and and then you went back to work at harry's yeah then I full went back time to harry's. And, and, and you you took the lead position there yeah and i think you learned a lot there from, from chris from chris and hiring and volume a volume of cafe yeah and um 
uh, and then I think I really tried to work hard to get you to um, work with us. Yeah. Um, a year later, right? And that's when you started traveling. That's when I started traveling. But I remember like you kept feeding me coffee and sending it over and I was like, that's, that's really, really good. Cool. And then, um, yeah, I remember I went away and my friend Stephen, he, um, he came up to Byron and he's like, man, the coffee at Marvel Street's tasting awesome. So that's when, when I came back, I was like, oh, I want to, really want to try it out. And that's when the whole table view thing happened and yeah. I was like, I'd love to take you guys on board and yeah. work with you and yeah, do something. I was um, I was chuffed when that happened. Yeah. Still am. Yes. It's nice like, when the f- the family can grow from totally. You know, from the roots or yeah, yeah. Totally. And I think you know, my, uh, Table View has been amazing for Marble Street. You know, you've done such a you know you, you know you really I think you you know single handedly put you know specialty coffee on the map for. For um, for Brunswick Heads, you mm-hmm. know, and for know, Northern New, for New South Wales, totally you know, right, like, totally, yeah, know, and on that level, on that really high level, mm-hmm. um, that was an attempt at a compliment, by the way. Yeah, just, <laughs> you know, no, like um, you know, yeah, um, no, that means yeah. means a lot. Thanks, so man. thank you. And yeah. I think I think one of the other compliments is the consistency of coffee at table view. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of cafes you can walk into and, and you know, you, you've got your fingers crossed for, for that barista to be on. You, yeah. you know, and Table View was, you know, obviously we always love to see you behind the machine, but mm. Table View wasn't that cafe, you know, where there I, would be I would a, be there afraid. Would be a, there, would be a, there would be like, when you're doing deliveries on a Tuesday at 7.30 in the morning, you're likely to be like, do not drink any coffee before 7.30 because the first cup's going to be at Table View. You know, and it, <laughs> yeah. was, it, was like, it was like the joy of deliveries. Yeah, and, you, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't leave at 6 o'clock in the morning and go up north first because you missed out on coffee at Table View. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was, man. Yeah. It is still, you know. Mm. Yeah. You've done a really great job in training, you know, just to say Marky's been the most honourable, you know, owner and seller of the business. He's stayed on and trained everyone and really stayed on beyond and done well you know beyond what a lot of owners would do in this situation you know mm-hmm. it's, it's quite a difficult period um speaking from experience yeah. you know especially also. now this time of year it's you know, it's tough yeah yeah, yeah. especially stepping in at this time yeah. so no i i couldn't leave them by themselves like yeah. couldn't do that to myself yeah. or to the baristas or the customers yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it says a lot about you it's it'd be so hard like it's and, your baby and, you know and, and i think that's good that's a good segue into the next question or a question you know a lot of people get into business for money and primarily that needs to happen and you need to earn money and make money and that needs to be part of the business obviously <laughs> but the reason why you know you started your business why was it you know what you know what why you know why did you why did you buy and open a cafe yeah. well <laughs> I guess for me it was that I really wanted to learn more it wasn't about I mean yes money's always there and you're the back of your mind but for me it was like I'd love to know how this works like I've worked in places but I don't know how it all operates and uh, for me it was like I'm kind of at a point with making coffee where I have a fairly good understanding of how to do it and I'm really confident doing it but the whole other side of the business end of it I had no idea so I thought the way to do it was to just throw myself in the deep end and yeah just buy a coffee shop and then do Do, something with it. it yeah do it and then learn from all the mistakes along the way I think that was what what was the biggest mistake you've learned from Actually, I think the biggest mistake I learned was in the first year, and that was trying to please other people. And after a while, I was like, I really would like to do this for myself, and what do I want to achieve with this business? Mm. Um, and that's when we made big changes. We like completely changed the menu. Um, I remember that. You shook it up. We shook it up. We did huge renovations. I think the words were, fuck this, yeah. I'm doing what I love. That's it. You know, and I think that was what was discussed. Yeah. yeah. You know. 
And I think, I think that's why you, you, you open up a business, is that you want to make something of it. Um, and for me, it was like, I'm kind of doing this as a job and not really enjoying it that much. And how can I make myself really enjoy what I'm doing? And that was to do exactly what I wanted to do. And I think if you stay true to that, that's when people really sort of join in. Yeah, yeah you gain respect and mm. you might get criticized along the way. But And criticism is healthy and it can be productive. But Someone's talking about you, which is good. If yeah, someone's exactly. talking about yeah, you, it's exactly. good. You know, like, but you've mm-hmm. got to take that criticism and go, like, well, I really love what I'm doing. If, and if people are criticizing me, then if it just doesn't sit with me, just fuck, fuck that criticism. <laughs> and that means I'm doing something. You know, like, I think, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, if, no, that's, it means you're doing something good. I, yeah. I, I, I agree totally. And like, I think two things that I learned was definitely, you know, your old customers are your old customers mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you love them. But if you're not attracting new customers, then you're not growing and you're not, you're not changing, you're not evolving enough. And, and that's number one. Like, you've got to always look out for your new customers, where they're coming from, you know, um, is this place interesting enough to attract new customers, you mm-hmm. know? Um, um, and the other thing is, is you've got to enjoy it. So if, if, if one person enjoys it, that's yourself. If you enjoy what you do and the product that you create and, and the food and the whole environment, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's one person. And the chances are that if one person likes it, then, and if you honestly like it, then chances are someone else is going to like it. And then, you know, then the ball rolls. That's it. But, but once you start compromising everything for everyone, then you kind of get lost in the gray matter, you know, I mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah, you did that well. I mean, you know, your menu was... You know, I think your menu was... Your food menu came out of... Uh, what's the word? Necessity? Yeah. Your food menu came Definitely. out of necessity. And then it became really awesome. Yeah. You know, you know, you know it was, your menu was great to start. Mm-hmm. And then you went through this period where it was... It was kind know. of all about just problem solving and figuring out, you know, you've got this space and how can I make this work? properly and I think that that's one of the f- most enjoyable things about owning a business is how can I make this space that I have do what I want it to do and um, I think you know being yeah. being a great person you know you, you cut a hole in the wall so that the chef could then see the people he was serving and and mm. that that fixed your chef retention issue uh, right? changed straight everything, away yeah and then you move the kitchen you know, you kept the kitchen was at the back and it was behind closed doors mm-hmm. and there's a little little storage area and what you did you you, swip, you swapped it around so that so that the the back kitchen became the prep kitchen and that was used primarily you know obviously when it's really busy or after hours mm-hmm. to prep and then the front area which was the storage area you cut a hole in that and made it into the you know the building kitchen um, what's that, what's that what's the word in, in, you know the in, pass the pass yes yeah, pretty yeah. much the pass so um um, uh, and that changed the dynamics of the whole cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, it really did. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing what one little hole in the wall can yeah. <laughs> can do to and then, the business. And, and then you mass- you save massively on staff wages in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and not only that, it's just another set of eyes on customers. You know, that yeah. you know, like if something happens, or you can see someone's unhappy, or they need attention, it's just another person who can go get that person what they need. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's. Just, it's uh, opens up the communication as well between back and front of house Fully, yeah. mm. as well so yeah that's always a battle in a in a in a cafe i think the understanding front of house back of house and mm-hmm. and when you all have eyes on the customers then you're you're much more united yeah. mm. and and you understand what you're up against at that time mm-hmm. you know front of house can be under the pump and and the kitchen's on prep, but if they can see you're under the pump, then... They can see 10 people in the queue, they start, they'll start. Yeah. They'll start putting toast in the, in the, in the toast. Yeah. Because they know, they know, <laughs> they that, know what's going and on. And they know they'll put some eggs in that, in that, in that boiling water because that, that's going to be a, a foregone conclusion. How about we cut some avocados as well? <laughs> yeah. You know, those yeah. three things are done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the food was amazing. You know, you did yeah. a great job of... You know, the whole Danish-inspired menu mm-hmm. was, mm. was really great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, you just excelled, like, every month. It was just better and better and better. 
yeah, it was pretty cool to watch the progression of, I mean, at first it took a while. It took a while to sort of build because as soon as you change the whole concept, you kind of start again, starting again, you've yeah. got to build a whole new clientele and that just takes time and confidence. Mm. It takes that time for you to be, I think also for you to be, yeah, this is working. And then that feedback loop to then evolve and keep, keep changing. Yeah. And I think it's just about sticking to, to it. I, I think as soon as you start changing and that's when people start getting confused. And it's the same, exact same with the coffee. It's just about like trying to keep that consistency with coffee and food. I think as soon as you start changing and changing and changing, you kind of lose people. Yeah. Mm. Especially, you know, since you have such little time with the customer, you don't have the time to say, hey, this is different today. And if they ask why, then, you know, <laughs> I think that's, yeah, it's quite, you know, I think one of the, one of the, one of your points was, you know, focus on consistency, mm-hmm. you know, and exceed expectations, right? That's it. And I think especially like when we, because I opened it up with Alan, we always were like, our biggest concern is we want the coffee to be amazing every single time and we want the best quality and it to be consistent every day. And that's, it's difficult to actually deliver that every day. Um, so I think for us, that was like our biggest goal. And yeah, by the end of it, I was very happy with what we achieved. So yeah, no, it was good. Um, yeah, I think quality and consistency is what makes really good cafes great. And then they're the rest of them. Um, especially in a small town like Brunswick Heads, like our big concern was like, do we do we kind of do what everyone else does and, um, you know, maybe go with a roast that people would be familiar with or do we pick the daily grind blend and be different? And that's when we were like, no, we're going to be different. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. And we're going to have to make sure that the quality is there and the consistency is there. Yeah, and I think that's those were the biggest things for us. And how did you find... A town like Brunswick Heads. I mean, it's a small town. It's mm. only a couple of thousand people. Obviously, a large tourist population during the holiday season. And there's a, there's a lot of cafes there. It's got to be there, pretty... To, to put it in perspective, sometimes it felt like there was four people in Brunswick Heads. Yeah. And all four were probably standing out front of your place. <laughs> you know, some days you would drive through and it would be like tumbleweeds. I'd be like a ghost town. Yeah. 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 And, um, and pretty stiff competition for the limited local Yeah, I crowd. think... I think especially because we were small and a lot of the other places were quite a bit bigger. Uh, for some reason, for a lot of people, that extra space made them a bit more comfortable going to other cafes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I came back from uh, living in Copenhagen and then I went to Japan for a little bit and I moved back to Australia. And then my parents moved here about, I don't know, 14 years ago. So yeah, just... Um, yeah, just they live very close to Brunswick Heads and I used to go there. I loved the area and I thought it was great. And I thought this was sort of going to become a really great place. Um, were you going to talk about space contra- constraints? Yes. Is that, is, that, is that why you were like Copenhagen <laughs> yeah. in Japan? Yeah. yeah but, I thought um, there was a theme of, of small spaces going on there. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I think sometimes people get a bit scared by small spaces, but I think... Like, if you spend a bit of time trying to figure them out, they're actually great. Yeah, you have Just great efficiencies. Great efficiency, great staff costs, um, lower overheads. I mean, the, the, I mean, the rent's less. Yeah. Power's going to be less. Yeah. You know, you're going to have, you know, just got to design it right. And just, I think you went through a few evolutions of design yeah, in, the, took, in, in the cafe to get the, the seating right. Yeah, it took a bit of trial and error. And I think, like... I don't know, coming from Sydney and Melbourne, a lot of places have communal spaces. So we thought, oh, let's, um, let's pop a table, a big 10-seater table at the back of the cafe and uh, have people try and, you know, sharing that, building the community. And that did not happen. <laughs> You'd have, like, one person jump on with a laptop and then no one else would sit there. Um, and you're just like, I oh. remember that. Yeah. And then... You replaced it with booths, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, we put new booths in there and then as soon as we did that, it just changed everything so 
the yeah. eight seats I think in that space that you had eight to ten seats in the space that you had the one boot, one one big table yeah exactly yeah. that's the Japanese izakaya <laughs> way of doing it yeah yeah but um that didn't work so it was just a bit of troubleshooting and you know I think it's also trying to figure out what isn't working and then changing it yeah. um I think a lot of the times you can just go oh no it's okay it's gonna work it's gonna work and you can kind of get in that bubble of not making any changes um so, so yeah. you've got to be evolving you have to evolve yeah. and it's usually those one percenters it's usually those small things mm-hmm. and they accumulate you know, accumulate yeah so no as soon as we made those changes it was great and um yeah i don't know i think seating's huge like um it depends where you are but in brunswick heads it was like that's everything yeah it's everything bums and seats especially in a tiny space so yeah, but we managed to fit about 36 people in a 50-meter-squared space. Were you, were you able to run the cafe without you being there? Yeah, so I got to a point where I could take... I went away for two weeks to New York, and yeah, I only worked uh, four to five days a week. So there were days when I wasn't there. That's a good feeling when you can get your business totally. to that point. That, yeah. On 36 seats, too. I mean, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's that's... Yeah, some great information. Yeah. Doing, what, 300 cups of coffee a day as well? One barista? On, yeah, well, busy days, 300. Yeah. Um, by yourself? Uh, I've done a couple of 300 days by myself. The record was 420, and I'll never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> by yourself? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh my Lord. Yeah, yeah. that was... Um, the first olden gold that we had in Brunswick Heads. Oh, yeah, right. I had no idea. Old so and Gold is like a festival in Brunswick Heads. That, it's know. like a big garage sale festival. So, yeah, I learned from that one. 420 sure. cups yeah. by yourself. Yeah. I, you know, wow. Madness. Yeah. That yeah. sucked. Just, <laughs> I do not recommend it. I kind of remember know? trying to get a coffee from you on, a, on an Old and Gold festival. And it was just yeah. one of those days where you sort of walked around the corner and thought, oh, not today. <laughs> <laughs> no. You know... Uh, um, it's interesting that it sucked. It's, you know, you, you want to do those days, but you don't want to do them by yourself. No. You know, you want to do 500 cups a day. You want to do 600 cups a That's day. It. You want to be able to do that, but you want to be able to do it well. Yeah. And beautifully, right? And there's only so much you can do as one person. And then mm. there's like, there's a stretch. And that's when, I mean, you do everything you can to like keep that quality and consistency. But when you're getting that slammed, it's like, yeah. I can't, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that, that compromise is really difficult. Yeah, of wait time and and consistency. That's it. But I mean, for us, it was always like, no matter how busy you are, just wait every single shot. Yeah, like basic stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like that. You just extra become one. a ninja. No, it's, like, it's like that one extra second. Yeah, it's like I can afford this one extra second. You can this take, take a I deep can... breath when you're doing that as well. You That's know, right. That's re- right. Re- and have confidence yeah. to know that that carp's going to be amazing because it's going to taste like the last one and yeah. the first one of the day and then also like just keeping track of shot times and making sure that everything's you know dialed in and not serving those really bad cups you know it's so easy to make a little mistake which just has such a big impact on especially espresso so yeah. as soon as that happens like especially when i'm working with other baristas and i'm kind of watching their workflow it's like, do you want to serve this one? Because, you know, if you send that out to a customer and it's not good, are they going to be coming back? Are they going to yeah. give you that second chance? And it's got to be better than good, right? That's it. Good's like normal. It's got to be great. Yeah. It's always got to be great. Mm. You know? And yeah. And that, that's the hard thing, I think, with training as well. Yeah. Just with, you know, it's not just you behind a coffee machine. It's, it's, it's building the reflex as well. It's like yeah. building that reflex in that person to know it's like that's going to taste like this and I don't want it to taste like this yeah and it takes time like it does. You know, they've got to try those cups right mm-hmm. and that's what it's going to taste like so you know there's some scarring do you want to serve this to yes. someone yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's the best they make a bad cup and they're going to serve it. it's like oh actually you have this one and uh <laughs> <laughs> see if you'd like to pay for this yeah so totally. and that and that you know that what def- that's what defines Table view is that relentless quality, that relentless 
awesomeness that every cup you know mm-hmm. and it was variation day to day but it wasn't every cup was beautiful you know every cup that i had i can't remember a day that i got a bad cup even on your bad days i don't think you got a bad cup <laughs> <laughs> everyone has a bad day except yeah. mark schubitz <laughs> i have my bad days <laughs> yeah i think it's, i think it's um it's interesting because it's the same philosophy that we apply here in the roastery like we all have we all make mistakes mm-hmm. but it's having that safety net in place checks uh, and measures uh, checks and measures and, 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 yeah. and confidence that that, that we, we we're going to find it right if you if you've weighed your dose in mm-hmm. and you've checked your shot time and you've weighed your yield out it's right you you, you, it. you you know whether it's right or wrong you know whether it's going to taste great or not mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's exactly the same sort of process, checks and measures that we've put in place here with, you know, it's not like, you know, Mike, you might make mistakes on the roaster. They're rare, but you might make a mistake on the roaster. But then every single batch we roast gets cupped Mm. and gets solubility tested. And so it's not like we don't make mistakes, but we catch them before they go out the door. Yeah, exactly. And and it's exactly that same process and, and drawing... It back again, we've had plenty of times where we've had coffees on the cupping table and it's, you know, it's 18 kilos of coffee or 30 kilos of coffee that we're debating that's cost us a lot of money and we pull the coffee and nobody ever knows about it, but we pull the coffee because it's... It's not not actually that hard a decision, right? It's it's just the hardest decision really is... How are we going to get this coffee to our customers in a timely manner? I mean, that, and what can we replace it with? They're the, they're the bigger questions. It's not like, you know, it's, you know, there's a process to, you know, by the time we've cupped it and, and, and done all that, they're in the bags ready to go mm. on, on oh, a Tuesday absolutely. morning because it's, it's got to be that way. We kind of rely on last week's tasting notes and cuppings to make sure that this week's okay. But, you know, on a Tuesday morning, we cup all the coffees from the day before and all that coffee's ready to go. Mm-hmm. So, if, so if we if we pull it, which we do, like you know, all of a sudden that coffee's aged, or we got to the bottom of a bag, and it doesn't taste like the top of the bag for some reason. Don't know why. Um, and and we've got to pull all that packaging and just re-roast the coffee and 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 contact customers, contact and all the customers, yeah. and that's the hard part. Yeah, see you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, it's yeah. like it, yeah, it's like in a cafe. Like, oh. We've run out of that coffee that you like that you just ordered or yes. something as well. Yes, yes. So, well, would you, or you we've know, run we... out of avocados. Or <laughs> the last one was rotten. We had one left and it was rotten. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, I think the, our best customers also, you know, uh, appreciate that. Like, you know, Luke Buck Hamlin. You know, oh, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, yeah, he's awesome. He says awesome. Send me something tasty instead. Yeah. Thank, thank you for not mm-hmm. testing to sending me bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I think that's. That's just being passionate about and caring about what you're serving, mm-hmm. whether it's roasted coffee or or a milk coffee. Yeah. Well, I think it's like um, like you guys have a recipe as to the way that you roast and you just consistently stick to that. I mean, you, you do make like, you know, little tweaks along the way, yeah. but... We, we, we like to think that we make flavor changes mm. throughout the weeks to make the coffee better mm. um, and they're done at certain parts parts of the roast that aren't re- generally related to the solubility part mm-hmm. so generally the coffee's roasted to a solubility 20 40 20 50 whatever it might be um, and then we stick to that and same with filter as well we try and stick to that as close as possible mm-hmm. so that so that you know you can do your job you can do 420 cups by yourself without adjusting the grind yeah yeah you know and functionality and then finesse yeah. yeah, yeah. Get it working the way it's meant to work, and you know you you. And buy, if you get that, you buy great green coffee. It's just going. It's going to work in the way we roast it. Totally. And then from there on, it's just improving and improving, and improving. Just like owning a cafe. The one percenters. You open the doors, and you've, the place is great, but you can always keep adding. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like making those little adjustments here and there, and yeah, one at a time. Yeah. And maybe most people won't even notice it, but oh, it's like it's little things like making adjustments to the till so that so that it's easier to press the button so that the orders don't get mixed up so that you you can count the extras and you mm-hmm. can do all that stuff right. It's like just it's those incremental, you know, 
one percenters they've you know it's a nickel and dime business and you know nickel and diming all day long right mm-hmm. yeah. mm. questions questions we kind of went on a rant rant there <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who is um thinking of buying a cafe Get your fucking head checked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's um, it's a hard question. I think it's um, having an idea and a plan as, as to what you'd actually like to achieve. Not not just for like when you open, but what do you want to do with this thing that you want to open? Mm. What do you like, achieve? Yeah. What do you want to achieve? It's not like you know just opening the doors and serving coffee or serving food because. Like anyone can do that. It's like, how do I, what do I want to achieve with opening up my own business? And where do I want to do it? I mean, location's huge. Um, yeah, and then just. Once you tick all those boxes there, right? Location, you know, finances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if they all pass, like, you know, and, and it looks like it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Then after that, it really is, you know, looking back at yourself. And why am I doing this? You know, and being true to that. Yeah. Because you know, you're not going to do it for the money. No. I think, I mean, you can do it for the money, but I don't think there's any joy in doing that. Uh, my experiences with that are the more you do it for the money, the, the less you make of it. Yeah. And, 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 and I think my statement about you're not going to do it for the, for the money is that, is that that doesn't work. Like, you know, no. if, you, if the business is profitable and you can pay all your staff and you can pay your GST, then that part's sorted. Mm-hmm. Now you focus on the other parts of the business. And the more you focus on those other parts of the business, you know, customer satisfaction, atmosphere, quality of product, service, 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 you do that, then, then the money looks after yeah. itself. And that's what I meant by that, by that comment was, you know, you, you, know, you know, if you're chasing the dollar, then your customers feel that. Mm. especially just even with the products that you're serving i think you know if you're cutting costs and you're not buying great quality coffee you're looking for cheaper cuts of food as soon as you start cutting costs i think in the short term yeah you might you know profit more from that but i think long term it's not authentic it's not authentic but also long term it's just not going to pay it's not going to pay people aren't going to come back for that you can only wring a cloth out once. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, totally. So, you know, I suppose, you know, depending on location, right? If you, you know, anyway, we won't go Oh, uh, yeah. It all you depends know, on location. You know, if, you, if you've got a revolving door of people, you can do what you want, I suppose. But in, 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 in our world of, you know, being a country town where there's, where there's hundreds of cafes, literally hundreds of cafes, right? mm-hmm. there is so many cafes in the Byron Shire. And to stand out from those, you know, there's lots of passionate people here. Mm-hmm. Mm. so what would you advise someone have a concept is that that's basically what you mean have a, have a goal have a goal and a concept and try and also bring other people into that as well yeah because you can't do it by yourself no um, so I think it's about like I was really lucky I had Alan who's my brother um, who had the exact same goal and concept as me and it was great totally different skill set Totally you guys are like set. chalk and cheese, yeah. right? You know. But it works. Yeah. And, um, but you need other people's help to allow you to, you know, do what you want to do. Yeah. I think you need support, right? You need a lot of support. And yeah. You can't do it all yourself. That's, no. no. I think that's really cool, though, that you, you were both really different. And, and, like, not once have I seen Alan on the coffee machine. And it's just like you, just, you both stuck to what you did great. Yeah. I think for him as well, as, as soon as he, he was avoiding the coffee machine because he knew that as soon as he was up to scratch with it, I'd be like, okay, man, I'm going to go gonna head out and go surfing. <laughs> <laughs> so he was really smart with that. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I think it's also just, you know, getting... He was good at, he was good at what he did. He, he ran the place well. Yeah. You know, he did all the behind He looked the after scenes. everyone. Always looked after all everyone. He was always like... He always made sure everyone had a menu and water and food and, you know, fresh water and more yeah. water and more food and more coffee. Like, he was just on it. Yeah. You know. And I think it's just, it's all, always about just going back to those basic things. It's just, like, making sure that, you know, people have got your attention, that you take them water, 
you see if they'd like a coffee, come back. I think, you know, you walk into a lot of places and you sit down and you're just like, what's happening? You know? <laughs> yeah. Do I like, go to the counter? Yeah, like, what do I do here? And it's, um, I don't know, it's just, it, to, to us it was really basic. You just have to fulfill those things and people will be happy. Um, but it's just about making sure that you do it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Should we do that last question? You reckon? Yeah. Okay, Joe. Which question? <laughs> <laughs> the playing the crowd. This is not through to Mondays, is it? No. no. <laughs> One piece of coffee advice you'd like to share? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the mic. <laughs> What is one piece of coffee advice you'd like to share? <laughs> one piece to of To change advice. the world. To change the world. Um, Stop milking the cows. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know, you, I find that a lot of, well, not a lot, but you go into some cafes and I think a lot of baristas have got this sort of weird sense of authority over over customers or you know I just think that it's I don't know it's really odd for me when I walk into a cafe and you kind of get that almost like a it's almost like they're challenging you and I think coffee advice wise I think it would just be to just be really humble with making coffee and listen to people who know more than you listen to people who don't know more than you and learn from that. Um, I think it's just about being really open. I think it's always evolving. And if you think you're the best, that's not the, the right way to be. I don't know. It's, I find that... Well, you're not going to yeah. learn much if you think you're the best. You know, no. That's, yeah. And I don't know. I, I think that coffee advice was just be, just, you know, soak it all in. And uh, don't take it seriously, but don't take it too seriously as well. And be nice to your customers. Be really nice to your customers. <laughs> I think. Sorry, Kajra. I think what you've just said there is incredible. Um, I think I think almost every single barista that ever listens to this should rewind this and play what you just said over about five times and, and while sit, you're sleeping and sit <laughs> and think about what you just said because. I, you, what you've just described it describes less than 5% of the baristas I know. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly what you said. Most baristas have this authority or they're challenging you. It's like a, a bratty teenager to a mum mentality, I find, when yeah. I think about it. Like, this, like, like uh, there might be a slightly <clears throat> strange request or something or a query on wait time and it's like met with this abrupt response that yeah. they might even mean to they're trying to be polite but because of the circumstances of how busy the cafe is it, it comes across as like a, oh shut up mom i'm i'm, I'm going hard like <laughs> i'm doing my best yeah. it's the hospitality industry it, yeah. we are there to be hospitable yeah. <laughs> to people yeah and our, our role when we're in this well, industry but, but, but is to I, look I, after I, well i think the, the that that question really you, know, you could ask many um, people that make coffee, baristas, why they make coffee, and that's the question: like, why are you making coffee? And you know, I think if you actually like be true to that, like, why are you making coffee? Because you want to make people amazing coffee every day. You want to make their day. You want to be in a happy environment, and you know, that's pretty simple and mm. I'm mildly simple. addicted to caffeine <laughs> i've had that, that that thought so many times throughout like the last six five six years like uh, my, do i love d- coffee or d- am i d- just d- d- service my radically addiction. addicted to caffeine oh <laughs> uh, you know you know think both <laughs> um yeah that was good. yeah so um sorry i interrupted you and you were going somewhere uh, really nice with that. That's right. I just, you know, I, I, I think reflecting on why you do. It, I mean, at this time of year is, it's about goal setting. It, you know, whether you do it or not. You know, mm-hmm. you have two weeks off or a couple of time, a bit of time off at Christmas. Hopefully, a lot of you got a lot of time off at Christmas. But you know, um, 
you reset your goals. And, you know, number one question on the list for me is why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, and money's last. And then at the front of the list is, you know, for people and um, for enjoyment and, you know, for your own mission. Like, you just you just go and do it, right? It's, it's great fun. Um, and it's got purpose. You know, you're creating community. There's not many, you know, like, I think a beer and pubs kind of destroys community at an excess. It's pretty rare that a cafe destroys anyone unless they drink. I mean, even if you drink four coffees, you're not going to destroy anyone. You know, unless it's as you say. Oh, it's even hard to say that way. Like when it's one of those really communal cafes, but everyone sits there on their computer and doesn't talk to each other. Or, mm-hmm. but those can be really great, and great things can be totally. done in those spaces as well. Totally, so you man. can't. Totally. It's such a good feel-good industry. Yeah, yeah. you know and full of great people and mm. you can just you know but I think that that you know why am I doing this mm-hmm. you know you nailed it you know it's you know yeah well, I think it's like as well like you can well, what's great about it is you can jump on a plane go anywhere well most places in the world and find you know a really great specialty cafe walk in and instantly there's a connection with that person yeah which is really cool it's not like you can, I don't know, there are not many industries where I think that happens, where like you can be anywhere, go into a place and you kind of know it's that. It's still a very small industry so yeah. when you consider that. Like, cause you know, when you first really started in 2011 or 12 on that journey, mm-hmm. there wasn't many places, was there? Like no. You traveled through Europe, there wasn't many places. That was only six years ago. Yeah. It's grown so fast. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool, is that you can just, you know, fly to Copenhagen and go to the Coffee Collective and you're like, this is awesome. And you instantly connect with those people. And that's, that's really cool about coffee. Yeah, it's yeah. about the people, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, it's going to be sad to uh, uh, not see you on Tuesdays, but we're also stoked to see Brian on, uh, on Tuesdays yeah. in your place. So I can't wait to forge a relationship with him and the mm-hmm. new crew if there is one and, yeah there's yeah. a new crew in there so they're all trained up and ready to go so okay good yeah good it's going to be weird not being there uh yeah so i guess what's what's happening in new york <laughs> what's the next well, chapter i'm not 100 percent sure yet i'm gonna just move over there first figure out the whole visa thing and then I think I might take a break for a little bit and uh, figure out what's next. Yeah. How long? <laughs> you no. Is Steve over there? <clears throat> yeah, Steve's over there. So, Are yeah, you we'll guys get up to mischief? Yeah, we'll get up to a bit of mischief. And any, like, hiking trips planned? Not yet. I mean, I'd like to go to Yosemite. That's mm. fun. Yeah. And, uh, That's good. Do you climb? Yeah, a little bit. I'd like to do more. Yeah, Simi's fun. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know. It's all kind of open-ended. I don't really know what I'm going to do, but that's part of the fun. Have you ever thought of just going and doing something completely different for a while? Just to like, have you had any ideas of like, I just want to go and shine shoes or something <laughs> for six months or I don't know, well, learn how to make a shoe? I've got a friend in um, Copenhagen who owns, a, he's a furniture maker. Yeah, right. His name's Søren Ulrich, and uh, yeah, he makes really incredible. I think I saw a photo that you posted of him. Yeah, once. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he yeah, does I like it's that. kind of like a mix of uh, modern Japanese, Danish, Scandinavian style cool. kind of like work. So that would be pretty cool. That's kind of been one thing, and then there's photography. Yeah, um, which is the other thing that I like to do more of. But my brother yeah. always said to me, if you can figure out two things you love and just put them together then you'll be like you'll be happy forever you'll, or you'll figure out your thing you know yeah yeah no, that's awesome no I think yeah there's so many different things that I'm really interested in so yeah it's just um, just pick two of them yeah I mean I still love love coffee I still love making coffee even after three years of doing it a lot well however many years it's been 11 years now but three years of owning table views so yeah I think it becomes as you move on, it becomes the, the challenges change, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, whether you, you know, 
the challenges change, right? It's not, you know, you grow out of the current position and, you know, you move on and it's just figuring out what the next step is and mm-hmm. whether or not you morph that into something else or yeah. get bigger or, you know. Yeah. You know. Could, New, New York would be a fun place to open a, a bar. Yeah. That would be amazing. That's something I'm thinking about. But, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoy training as well. So if I could open up a place where I'm not really behind the machine as much, but I'm more working on training people who are working behind the machine, that would be, yep. be really cool. Yeah. I really enjoy just, like, you know, seeing someone who knows how to make coffee, but then just doing little tweaks that people aren't really aware of or haven't been told of that can make such a big difference yeah. to the cup yeah and also make their life a lot easier yeah a lot yeah, of baristas make it hard on that, themselves have that aha yeah. moment it's like oh that's what it does right yeah, yeah. Mm. cool yeah so well, you know did you have another question Joe? no you know we don't want to take up too much time because now you've got to pack and head off in the morning <laughs> just want to say yeah. thanks so much for being awesome and well, thank you, you know, guys it's been it's been awesome the last few years so yeah. coffee's been amazing every single week so Thanks, man. it makes my job super easy it's yeah. just about putting it in the hopper and yeah <laughs> doing making, everything, making doing, sure that doing, every, do everything else right yeah making sure <laughs> the, the right amount of coffee is there and yeah and just serving it to people making sure it's really really delicious so yeah, yeah. well thanks for thanks for you know all your efforts as well man it's been been epic you know, and uh you know we love you and wish you all the best in your travels and thank you um you know new york hope, yeah hope you have a great time yeah all the best bro um enjoy some time off <clears throat> relish you. in it and um come back firing yeah that's the plan yeah 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 for sure man um, i'm trying to convince mark to stay and work with us because <laughs> this will be the first time that i've tried to do it so one day, what, no, what, 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 one day maybe I'll definitely be back in the area. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, cool. So nice here. Yeah, it's a good spot. You don't tell anyone. No. Don't, don't come here. <laughs> yeah. It's not like There's good, no waves and it's not warm. No. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. Well, Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. It's been Thanks, awesome. Mark. Cheers, man. All right. Cheerio. Do we need to like 